Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome, Ram fans, to episode 61 of Rams Up, a recap of the Tuesday night win. Yes, that's right. For all of you listening 10, 20 years from now to this podcast, a Tuesday night game delayed two days due to the COVID breakout among the teams, primarily among the Rams, actually. And so it's probably no surprise this was a weird game. Very difficult to assess the Rams in this game. I don't think they played especially well at times, but they played good enough to get the win. So many strange things affecting this game. Played on a Tuesday night, plenty of starters missing, and throwing the fact that these are two divisional rivals, one of them, the Seahawks, trying to stay alive in the playoff race, and the other, the Rams, trying to catch the Cardinals. And if not that, maintain that number one wild card spot. So a lot on the line and a lot of weird things affecting this game. But the Rams come away with a win 20-10. to 10. You know, Brock Heward, the color commentator of this game, said it perfectly. This is the type of game Pete Carroll wants his Seahawks to play. Frustrate the opponent. Give up yards but no TDs. Wait for the breaks to come. Wait for Russell to cook up some magic. But it didn't work. You know... For the Russell part, I'm not sure it's going to be working a whole lot more. I just really believe that. He's not the same player he was. The big plays in this game mostly were made by the Rams, and the breaks mostly went the wrong way for the Seahawks this time, finally. And Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, he is legend. He is a god. Another amazing performance. Nine catches, 136 yards, and two TDs. I saw a discussion on a message board that I'm a member of. Hey, who's the MVP this year? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Hey, how about Jonathan Taylor? And I kind of half-joking said, hey, what about Cooper Cup? And I didn't get a lot of disagreement, actually. I think I gave a couple people some pause. Hey, you know what? You might be onto something there. I don't think Cooper Cup's going to win the MVP, and I'm not sure he really deserves it, but I think he deserves some votes. Man, this guy is just incredible. Where would this team be without Cooper Cup? Ask yourself that. And as far as awards go, one of these episodes coming soon, got to make sure I have enough time to do this. I'm going to give you my awards winners for this year. So far, I mean, it could change by the end of the year, but who I would hand out those awards to right now. Real quickly, review my fearsome four keys to the game. Fearsome key number one was limit big plays by their wide receivers. We succeeded. You know, Tyler Lockett wasn't in this game. So that helped. For some key number two, cash in on our opportunities. Really didn't. You know, we came away with that early field goal and then we turned it over. Stafford throwing the interception. And then we turned it over on downs once. So I'm going to have to say no to that. And that's why this game was closer than it should have been. For some key number three, give them no hope. Put this game out of reach early so the Seahawks can't play their kind of game. Well, we failed at that. And again... Close games like this is what the Seahawks like. 
in first MQ number four, no gaffes. And we really didn't have any, no major gaffes. The interception by Stafford was a mistake. I wouldn't categorize that as a gaffe, a game-changing play or turnover. You know, the Rams have a much better roster than the Seahawks. It's not even close, in my opinion. And we broke even on these fearsome four keys. We succeeded on two, and we failed on the other two. And that's why it was a 10-point game and not a 20-point game. My prediction had been Rams 30, Seahawks 17. We're going to get to our game capture in a moment and then some additional game notes. But first, a couple of games that were played since we last dropped. The Raiders beat the Browns 16-14. to Heartbreaker for those Cleveland fans. If Cleveland hangs on, if Dan Carlson misses that last second field goal, the Browns are in first place. Where are they this morning? They are in last place. And the Eagles 27, Washington football team 17. That game was played at the same time the Rams and Seahawks were playing. Eagles on a roll. They might be my pick for that last wild card spot as we speak. And the Monday night game, Vikings 17, Bears 9. Really poor performance by the Vikings offense in that game. Let's hope they keep that same form next week when the Rams travel to Minnesota. But Minnesota, another team pushing for a wild card spot. We'll be back in a minute with our game capture. Let's get into our game capture. How this game went down possession by possession. Rams lost the coin toss, got the ball first. Fairly productive first possession. Sonny Michelle and OBJ both pitching in. But a couple penalties hurt them, and they actually punted. But the Seahawks were penalized for running into the kicker, and that extra five yards moved the Rams into field goal position, and Matt Gay hits a 55-yarder, Rams up 3-0. Seahawks' first possession... AD has a big tackle for a loss. Seattle punts. Rams get the ball at their own 11. Put together maybe their best drive of the day. At least a drive that wasn't helped out overwhelmingly by the referees. Van Jefferson has a first down reception. Then there's a pass interference on a pass to OBJ. Ben Scourneck, a couple of receptions. And then Stafford underthrows a pass. Seattle intercepts and they have the ball. After a Von Miller sack, they punt, and the Rams get the ball back at their own 32. Daryl Henderson is in on this drive, and Bryson Hopkins, his first career catch on this drive, but Skowernick has a costly drop, and that's followed by a sack, and the Rams still leading 3 to nothing. We're in the second quarter now. They have to punt. Seattle can't get anything done. Three and out. They punt back to the Rams. The Rams' next drive starts at the 25. After a sack, they're faced with a third and 17, and Stafford hits cup for 42 yards. But after a first down at the 40 of Seattle, they turn the ball over on downs. And Seattle takes over at their own 32, time running out in the first half, and Wilson is able to move his team down close enough for a 39-yard field goal. Rams get the ball off to the kickoff and take a knee, and the half ends 3-3. Seattle gets the ball first. 
David Long misplays a pass in the flat. Fred Swain makes the catch and turns it into a 25-yard gain. And DJ Dallas eventually scores 11 plays, 75 yards in Seattle with virtually no offense all day until this drive suddenly lead 10-3. to But the Rams answer. After the kickoff, they're pinned back at their own 15. And on third and one, Stafford hits Cooper Cup for 32 yards to the Seattle 45. Sony Michelle takes a swing pass for another 39 yards. And a couple plays later, Cooper Cup scores. 85-yard drive, and the Rams have tied it up 10-10. Seattle's next possession ends in a punt. The Rams' next possession Seattle blows up a screenplay that looked very promising, so the Rams have to punt it back. Seattle gets the ball. Nothing happening for their offense either. They punt, and the Rams pin back at their own 11. And after Whitworth gives up a sack, the Rams are faced with a third and 12, and they call a questionable holding call, holding Cooper Cup at the line of scrimmage. Very questionable, but the Rams benefit. And the next play, a big screenplay to Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson pitches in with a first down run. Van Jefferson, a jet sweep, a jet sweep, something we have rarely seen recently. And then a center screen to Cup. And then a beautiful pass from Stafford to Cup, 30 yards out. Just like that, this dormant Ram offense has put their team up 17-10. Seattle's next drive starting at their own 25. Jalen Ramsey knocks away a pass on third and 14. And Seattle has to punt. Rams get the ball back at their own 15 with 7.42 left in the game. Bobby Evans gives up a sack on a third and seven play. The Rams have to punt. Seattle starting from their own 46. Time running out on them. They have a third and one. But a false start pushes them back to third and six from the 49. The next play is stuffed. Fourth and six. Seattle goes for it. Russell Wilson drops back. Greg Gaines with the pressure. Russell Wilson throws the ball up. It's short. DJ Dallas tries to turn around and get back to the ball. And Nicole Roby Coleman, I'm I'm sorry, it wasn't Nicole Roby Coleman. It was Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones with what looks to be a clear pass interference call. But there's no call. There's no flag. The ball hits Ernest Jones in the back. It might have even been his helmet. No call, and the Rams take over on downs. There was an unsportsmanlike call on DJ Dallas after that play for kicking the football. Can hardly blame him, really. After the 15-yard penalty, Rams are set up in really good field position and capitalized with the 35-yard field goal by Matt Gay to make it 20-10. Seattle's last possession ends with a Taylor Rapp interception in the end zone, takes a knee. Rams run out the clock and escape with a 20-10 to 10 win. We'll be back with some additional game notes in a second. Football fans, I'm sure we all love action-packed, high-scoring NFL games, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's wrap things up with some additional game notes from the Rams' 20-10 win over the Seahawks. Some stats from the Rams' side. Sony Michel, 18 rushes for 92 yards plus 23 in the passing game. He had a couple of really nice runs too. Brandon Powell had a 32-yard kick return to open the game, something we haven't seen very often from the Rams. The Rams' D held Seattle to 3-for-11 on third downs held them to 214 total yards. However, still yet another game where we got out punted. Johnny had three for an average of 43. Dickinson for the Seahawks, six punts for 49 and a half yards on average, three kicks inside the 20. Seattle, Russell, 17 for 31 for 156 yards and no TDs, one interception, a 55.3 rating. Their leading receiver was Gerald Everett, our old friend, four catches for 60 yards. Compared to Wilson, Stafford had a fantastic day, 21 for 29, eight incompletions all day long, 244 yards. He had the one interception that was a little odd. Not sure what the explanation for that one is, but overall, a pretty darn good day for Matthew Stafford. Should talk about those two penalties. The one against Seattle, Uh, for holding cup at the line of scrimmage that extended our drive. That was a big play. And I can see why they called it. I don't think they should have, but I'm going to leave it at that. How many times has Seattle benefited from these weird calls? Not this time, Seahawks fans. And the other one, you know, they didn't throw the flag on Ernest Jones, covering DJ Dallas. This is my thing about those plays. I never like pass interference calls on those types of plays. I mean, it's a gimmick play by the offense to try to draw a pass interference. At least that's what it usually is. Ernest Jones had that play covered. DJ Dallas was not going to catch that ball. Not going to happen. But he turns back in to try to catch the ball. Ernest Jones is driving at him, collides with him, supposedly prevents him from making the catch. Yeah, I guess technically it's pass interference, but I kind of hate those calls. In games, I don't even care about it. I was like, come on. I, I don't know how you handle that. Yeah, pass interference. Hate it when teams get that call, though. So this one, I'm going to take. What were my fearsome four big plays of the game? Well, late in the first half, I'm going to give one to Seattle here. The Rams were up 3 to nothing with time running out in the half. Russell Wilson throws a pass deep to Gerald Everett. Rams hit Russell's arm on this play, but Everett gets it down to the Rams 14, and that results in the tying field goal, 3-3 at the half. The rest of them go the Rams' way. For some big play number two, the Rams' first possession of the second half. Rams have just gone down 10-3. Matthew Stafford hits Cooper Cup 
down to the Seattle 45 for 32 yards on third and one. A third and one play, big pass, gets the Rams in business in Seattle territory. And then, with the game tied 10 to 10, first play of the fourth quarter, that's that holding call when Cup's trying to come off the line. Was third and 12. Rams are going to have to punt. Get bailed out by the refs. First down for the Rams. And the next play, Sony Michelle, 24-yard gain on a little swing pass. Rams are in business again. And fearsome big play number four, that dart. 29-yard dart from Stafford to Cup. At the end of that same drive, a thing of beauty. Stafford thrown it into open space. Cup comes into the space, catches it into the end zone. One of the more beautiful pass plays I've seen in recent years. There was another play earlier in the game, a third and 17, 42-yard pass to Cup that I would have mentioned, but that was the series the Rams ended up turning it over on downs. And I would say that no call on the pass interference that we already talked about, but I don't think Seattle's scoring there. I, my gut tells me Rams are going to clamp down and win it there regardless. And I'm leaving out the defense. I mean, the defense didn't have any signature giant plays, but man, they got it done all day. What an effort by this defense playing without Jordan Fuller. Great effort from start to finish. A couple of breakdowns here and there, but overall, Seattle was pretty helpless against this defense. Worth noting, Cooper Cup, franchise record 120th catch of the season. His 10th straight game with 90 yards. Also a record, an NFL record, breaking a tie with Michael Irvin. Did you see the Cooper Cup interview? It went something like this, trying to explain that beautiful touchdown pass, the 29-yard dart I just mentioned. Something like, you know, Matthew Stafford is a great football player. That's my analysis for that. And this will definitely be Seattle's first losing season since drafting Russell Wilson. Also, Von Miller's first sack as a Ram. Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald also had sacks. Bryson Hopkins, as I mentioned, his first career catch. You know who the Rams' second leading receiver was in this game? Ben Skaronic, four catches for 42 yards. And the Rams improved to 13-1 and in bone pants. Player props, well, Cooper Cup all day long. Cooper Cup. How much more can we say at Cooper Cup? Incredible. Got to give props to Sony Michelle, too. He had a couple of really hard runs, a couple of big runs, really contributing. Busting loose, something we haven't seen from Daryl Henderson really at all. And the defense, a bunch of guys, the whole unit, Greg Gaines, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, having fun out there, just knocking balls away at the last second. Darius Williams, Von Miller pitching in, Ernest Jones, just a great team effort. And if I had to bang on anybody, I guess I have to bang on Bobby Evans. But you know what? He's the third string right tackle. Be interesting to see what his pro football focus numbers are. Maybe he was okay in the run game. I'm not sure. But he definitely struggled at times, especially with Carlos Dunlap. But that's why he's a third stringer. Hey, you know what? We're lucky we had him at all, right? And David Long, he made one bad play, took a gamble on that pass to Freddie Swain, let him get away for 25 yards. Not a good play. What does it all mean? The Rams move into a tie with Arizona. And I want to correct something here. A listener reached out to me to correct me on my tie-breaking procedures. Thank you, Tom. 
The tie-breaking procedures are as follows for the divisional title. 1. Divisional record. Best the Rams can do in that regard is tie Arizona. 2. Is common opponents, where the Rams could have an edge. That's the one place they could have an edge. And then it would go to conference record. I'm not going to get into the details. Probably just going to mess it up if I do. But let me just say this. The Rams' best chance is to win the division outright. However, if it gets to common opponents, there are scenarios where the Rams could win that tiebreaker. Coach's corner, nothing to speak of. Refing review. Hey, those two calls. They both went the Rams' way. I think they got them both wrong. And the announcers, Brock Huard, I liked what he said about this being a Seattle kind of game. Chris Myers said something funny at the end of the game there. He said, that'll put a cap on this Rams masterpiece. Defensive masterpiece, perhaps. Good game overall, great team effort. I don't know if I'd call it a Rams masterpiece, though. Our next drop, we will have a preview of the Rams-Vikings game. I'm not sure when that's going to drop. It's already Tuesday night, Wednesday morning by the time you're hearing this. I usually drop Thursday morning. I don't think that's going to happen. Friday morning, perhaps Thursday night. We'll do what we can to get it out there as soon as we can. But that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's greatly appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.